Well, Father, today we just pray that you would speak to us. God, I think that this is going to be a challenging um, a challenging sermon. It's an idea that really most of us struggle with when it comes to rest, when it comes to the idea of learning to rest, when it comes to the idea of realizing that we don't have to work uh, at every moment of every second of every day and that you can accomplish more in just the very simple things that we uh, stay tuned or stay in tune with, and uh, that, God, you can accomplish more in and through us when we're arrested uh, and, and willing to be obedient to what you've called us to do. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus, Exodus chapter, matter of fact, you can turn to Exodus 16. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 20. In chapter 16, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 31 uh, for a portion of it. And I want to ask you this question because I, I think it's, it's one of those things that we have to get to, but I want to ask you this. How many of you would say, if you were honest, that you're tired? Being honest. <laughs> a lot of people are like not raising their hand, but uh, okay, all right. How many of you would say that you don't get as much rest as you wish you could? How many of you would say that you don't make rest a priority? Okay, all right. Because here's, here's the reality, and here's, here's one of the things that we're gonna dig in, is we're gonna, we're gonna start a new sermon series, and I don't know why we're on that. We're gonna start a new sermon series called The Path. And what we're talking about is taking the narrow road to grow. The reality is, when it comes to growing in our own relationships, in our relationship with Jesus Christ, we have to understand that there is a narrow road to take, all right? Remember, in, in Scripture, you'll say, broad is the road that leads to destruction, but narrow is the road that leads to life. And the reality is that I think a lot of times we... We want the broad road, but we want the results of the narrow road. In other words, we're willing to walk along the broad road and do the things that everybody else is doing, but we want the results of the narrow road, which is a, an idea of, of growing and an idea of maturing, an idea of, of getting what everybody else doesn't get because we've take, taken the narrow road, which is a narrow road to life. And so we're going to be talking about this idea of this path. If you, if you have your Bibles, again, Exodus chapter 20, but I want you to think about this. People love, especially in American culture, love to contemplate the idea or the virtue of hard work, do we not? We, we, we reward the idea of hard work. As a matter of fact, I would even say we've gone to the extent that we reward workaholics, right? We, we come to this idea that we reward the workaholic, and the reality is that we don't understand what it means to, to rest, a matter of fact, as I was preparing for this, I did all kinds of research. A matter of fact, there's a book, and I left it sitting on my table. I meant to bring it. Uh, it's a book I got about seven or eight years ago, written by a Christian author. I got it at, at Mardell down in Springfield uh, before we uh, moved up here and stuff like that. But it's this idea of, of 50 days to health, and, and you read a different chapter every day, and it talks about things that you can focus on uh, to be a healthy person. And in the first couple chapters, find this ironic, uh, or, or really in the first 10 days, seven of the days are on rest. <laughs> At which point I went, huh, 
How come I didn't notice that before? <laughs> it's, it's talking about health. It's talking about all of these things. And there's seven days on nothing but rest. What's it mean to rest? How do I rest? How do I, or what do I do when I rest? And if you look in, in the Bible and scripture, we all know the 10 commandments. And what we look into the 10 commandments, oftentimes we read the 10 commandments and we want to follow all the other ones. But when it comes to this idea of remembering the Sabbath, remember in Exodus chapter 20, starting in verse well, really, it's starting in verse, 20, verse one, but in, in Exodus chapter 20, in verse eight, it says this, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you are to labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant, maidservant, nor your animals, nor the aliens within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So we, we oftentimes look at the Ten Commandments and we're like, oh, we're going to keep these Ten Commandments, but we look at the Sabbath and we go, well, well, that's not really that big of a deal. That's not that important. And while I don't want to go down, please hear me out on this, I don't want to go down the road of legalism to where you understand that you shouldn't do anything at all because that would be the old school adage. As a matter of fact, the Pharisees uh, were big on this in, in Mark chapter two, which we're going to look in a, at a little bit. Jesus and his disciples are walking through the grain fields on a Sunday and the disciples are grabbing, anybody ever walk through a long grassy field and you've grabbed the tops of Growing up in Wyoming, we would do that on hikes. This long grass would grow up and you'd grab it and peel it off. It wasn't, it wasn't wheat or grain, it was just, but you would peel it off as you're walking along. And Jesus and his disciples are walking through this grain field and they're doing the same thing. And the Pharisees are like, why are you guys disobeying the Sabbath? And Jesus is like, whoa, hold on a second here. And so we're gonna jump into that here in just a second, but I want you to think about this. Rest in many eyes is seen as laziness. Matter of fact, maybe you're that way. I was talking with some of the individuals earlier before service, and I, and I have this old adage that I say with, with my kids, and I, it was something that my dad said over and over and over again that no one should outwork a grout. There may be an excuse for you being sick and things like that, but you should never be outworked. When it comes time to work, nobody outworks a grout. That's a statement that I grew up with. It's a statement I still try and hold my kids to. But I want you to also understand that there's a struggle because a lot of times rest in many people's eyes is seen as laziness. And while there are people who are lazy, resting is not laziness, but obedience. Workaholism or being a workaholic is not necessarily obedience. A matter of fact, I sometimes wonder why we think a workaholic is on a different level than a person who is following what God has laid us out to do. A matter of fact, if you ask any physician, they will tell you rest is essential for physical health. When the body is deprived of sleep, it's unable to rebuild and recharge itself adequately. So your body requires rest. Ask an athlete. And they will tell you that rest is essential to their physical training. You can only lift for so long. You can only lift weights for so long or run for so long. And at some point in time, you're going to have to rest and recover. Why? Because your muscles need it to regroup. Your muscles need it to, get, to, get, to regain the strength that they are there for. Your muscles require rest. Ask any one of yesterday's philosophers. And they will tell you rest is essential for the mind. As a matter of fact, Leonardo da Vinci said this, every now and then, go away and have a little relaxation for when you come back, then your work, or uh, come back to judge your work, 
or sorry, when you come back to your work, your judgment will be sure. In other words, you're going to be more sharp, more effective. Ask a corporate leader, and they will tell you that rest is essential for productivity. Tired employees cost companies money more than they benefit companies. So rest is essential. As a matter of fact, not too long ago, I remember watching news uh, one night and they were talking about, I don't remember where the company was, but they set up these nap zones. You go into a dark room, they bought these desks that got something that comes over and they go in and they could take a 30 minute nap. And I was like, what? And they said their productivity in the office as a result of, repl- of, 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 of providing these nap zones and areas had increased like 70% because their employees are tired. Now, I don't care where you're at, and I don't know the the situations or circumstances, and I'm not asking you to weigh in and say, well, that's just people being lazy. But what I want you to understand is this. I believe wholeheartedly that we live in a world that's got this idea that we don't have to rest. As a matter of fact, rest for some of us may be sitting down rest, maybe sitting down and watching TV, or it may be sitting down and typing something on your phone or playing games or whatever it, else, it is like that. But I want you to understand this, that I believe the biblical form of rest is something that most of us miss in our life. And here is the reality. If you ask most religious leaders, they will tell you that rest is essential for the soul. As a matter of fact, as I was preparing for today's sermon, did you know that Islam, Buddhism, Christianity, Wicca, as well as, I'm trying to remember the last one, I'm going blank, Baha'i, the Baha'i faith, all say that rest is necessary for the development of the spiritual well-being of the person. Huh, wonder where they got that. The Bible's very clear from the get-go that rest is a necessity within the life of everybody, but especially, listen to me, especially in the life of a believer, we have to be people who rest. And here is what I hear over and over and over again. I've heard it from individuals consistently within the church that I am tired. I'm exhausted, I'm worn out, I don't know what else to do, I, I, I'm, ex- I, I'm, I'm tired. As a matter of fact, for some, it has led to give up, quit, to walk away, to say I'm not doing it anymore. See, busyness comes at a high price and many people, I believe, lose our health, we lose our marriages, we lose relationships, we even lose jobs as we strive to achieve more and more. And by abandoning rest, we violate one of God's basic principles. Matter of fact, Thomas Edison said this, or before Thomas Edison, sorry, invented a light bulb, I found this out. Before Thomas Edison invented the light bulb in 1879, Americans averaged 10 hours of sleep a night. Do you know what the average American average is now? Six. Six hours of sleep. You know what's funny about that is if we average six hours of sleep, you know what the average physician says the, 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 the human body needs at least to function at the highest productivity possible? Eight to nine. That means we're averaging two to three hours less rest a night, a night, Figure that out. And if that adds up, 
over a specific amount of time, what we begin to understand is that we don't rest. We don't rest well. Why? Because we are bombarded with everything else. We're bombarded with busyness. We're bombarded with technology. We're bombarded with work. We're bombarded with family events. We're bombarded with everything that goes on in our life is something that takes away from the relaxation and rest that God calls us to do. And so here's what I wanna encourage you and here's what I believe is one of the things we have to dig in and understand. The Bible's very clear. Listen, for six days you work, you work hard. Fine, work, work hard, play hard. But I wanna challenge us over this next year that you learn to rest. As I was preparing for the sermon and I said this earlier, I have never preached on rest or the Sabbath. Never. 15 years of ministry. Never talked about it once. And as I was preparing, I was like, man, I am terrible at resting. I'm really good at telling people you need to work harder. I'm really good at telling my kids no one outworks or growl. I'm really good at being the one who works and 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 I don't rest. And so what I wanted to do is I'm like, I gotta evaluate my own life. What are my priorities? What do I need to do? I'm gonna use a great illustration that we learned about 12 years ago. In, in, in January of 2007, we had this massive ice storm that went through Springfield, Missouri. We lost power for four and a half days. <clears throat> there was all kinds of price gouging going on. People were charging like $4 for a gallon of gas. They were charging like $10 for a gallon of kerosene. Kerosene heaters were going for 500 bucks. People were bringing generators in from out of state, selling them for $1,000 a pop when they weren't only supposed to be about $300, $400. Gas station right up next to our house got shut down by the Secretary of State because of their price gouging and everything. But you know what I learned in the midst of that? When it was dark, guess what we did? Hey, let's go to bed. We had no power. So we had no TV. We had battery-powered radio, but who wants to listen to the radio? We played games by candlelight. We talked and we read. We began to see a recharge of what's going on. And I'm gonna say to this point and to this point, that four days was unbelievable. Now, granted, we didn't have work because nobody had power. But it was four days of time with family, with no power, with no technology or very limited technology and lots of rest. And as I look back, I think, I'm like, oh man, what would you and I give for that type of thing? Matter of fact, some of you probably freak out. Are you kidding me? No phone? No, no, no games? No TV? No, oh my gosh. And what I wanna jump in today is to very simply understand what rest is. So if you remember anything, I want you to remember this. Taking time to rest is essential for the healthy life in mind, body, and spirit. I have to learn to rest Learning to rest is key. It's huge. It's a primary focus that we have to focus on. And in, 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 so I asked this question, why should I rest? And so over the next little bit, I'm gonna unpack a number of things. If you go to Genesis chapter two, you don't have to right now, but in Genesis chapter two, starting in verse two through verse three, it's very clear what happens. And listen to what, what, it, what is said. It says, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. 
In other words, God accomplished a lot in six days, but God even rested from doing the work that he had done for the previous six days. And listen to what he says. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Do you know what holy means? When, when it talks about making us holy or righteous people or holy people, it means that God set it apart. And so there's this idea that God sets apart this day of rest. And there's a reason why he sets apart this day of rest. Why? Because he knew that without rest, we would, we would give up. We would quit. We wouldn't be successful in everything that's gone on. You and I, and here's the big picture, I think, in the American cultural mindset is this. You and I, when we take that day of rest, can accomplish more in six days than if we worked seven and never rested. You get that picture? You and I can accomplish more in six days when we rest than if we worked all seven days. The question is, what do I do when I rest? What does rest look like? How do I rest? So listen, again, the question, why should I rest? Here's number one, and I wanna explain this, and I think it's very clear. I'm just gonna unpack all of these things. Number one, rest is commanded by, by God. Like I said, we go through the New Testament, or we go through the Old Testament, we, we focus on the 10 commandments, we think about all the commandments. If you remember anything, always remember this. Jesus did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. So he becomes that rest for us. Matter of fact, if you were to read on into Hebrews chapter four, it talks about resting in Jesus and being a part of the rest he brings us. But I want us to also understand the idea of having a Sabbath rest, to rest. And again, I'm not gonna be legalistic and tell you it has to be on Sunday, but I want you to understand the reason why Sunday became the day of Sabbath was because of a result of the resurrection. The Sabbath used to be practiced on Saturday. When Jesus rose again, it was the first day of the week. It was a Sunday. And so people begin to honor the Sabbath on Sunday. That's how we end up having church on Sunday. And so rest is commanded by God. God rested. God expected his disciples to rest. Jesus rested when he was even on earth. Sabbath has for many become an ancient word for a day in the week. However, as we take a closer look at this word, we see it isn't just about remembering the day, but it's this whole idea of keeping it holy. In other words, set apart. I set apart this time for a day of rest. And I'm not just talking about sleeping. A lot of you are like, oh, he's just telling me to go home and take a nap. If that's the best thing you could do, then go home and take a nap. I'm not just talking about sleeping. I'm talking about resting. But he says he sets apart the day. Holy means setting it apart. But most of our days function, listen, with great repetition. Most of our days function with great repetition. Matter of fact, I'm a scheduler. I like things in order. And if things get out of order, then I'm messed up. Repetition is huge. Matter of fact, I can tell you right now, our kids went to bed last night at 8.30. And I, I, I know people are gonna be like, 8.30, what are you, are you crazy? No, I know how Sundays are. And if you're one of my, the teachers for one of our kids, you ought to be thanking me. Because my kids can become absolute hellions if they don't get the sleep that they need. Matter of fact, yesterday we were reaping the benefits of letting a couple of them stay up till 10.30 on Friday night. And we looked right at him and we're like, this is why we don't let you stay up till 10.30. And everybody's like, are you kidding me? 
Rest is huge. And God commanded it. Most of our days function with repetition, but we have to understand that our, re- our Sabbath should in some way be a focus that we repeat it consistently so that we can rest. Could it be that many of us don't hear the Lord speak to us because we have altogether forgotten or neglected the time of Sabbath rest that he commanded us to take part in? Could it be that we miss out on the still small voice because we're so busy with everything else, whether it's work or play or activities or even, listen, church? Now, hear me out wholeheartedly. I believe there is something to be said about spending time in the church family. But listen, if you are so busy that you're missing out on things, you're gonna miss out on the idea that rest brings. And here's one of the things that I would even encourage to say, that when you are being obedient to what God has called you to do and being a part of the church, that is rest. When you are taking part in the things of the church, being filled, being nurtured, being fed, being encouraged, being pushed to love and good deeds, that's rest. And God commanded us to rest. There's a great book. I found a couple of quotes, and I'm gonna get this book And I'll tell you how good it is, but some of these quotes I found in this book, and I'm not gonna share all of them. I got two that I wanna share with you, but there's a book written by a lady named Shelly Miller called Book, or or called uh, Rhythms of Rest. Sorry, I put book to remind me it's a book, um, and I read it to you. But it's called Rhythms of Rest. Listen to what she says. A life built upon Sabbath is contented because in rhythms of rest, we discover our time is full of the holiness of God. In other words, in the midst of rest, I can understand that my time is full of the holiness of God. God's setting me apart to do what he's called me to do. And I believe wholeheartedly that when we don't rest, we miss out on the biggest benefit, and that is God encouraging me and and, and, and filling me with his spirit so that I understand that what he has called me to do is greater and grander than anything I can accomplish on my own if I just work harder at it because I can work best when I rest. And so I rest, rest is commanded by God. Work for six days, worship on the seventh. Work for six days, spend time with the church on the seventh. It doesn't mean worship doesn't happen on the other six days, but a day of rest and reflection on Jesus and the gospel is needed. I focus on that. So rest is commanded by God. Number two, why should I rest? Because rest is a gift of God. Listen to Exodus chapter 16. In Exodus chapter 16, Moses is getting ready to go up. He's going up uh, uh, to the mount or getting ready to go up to the mount uh, that, 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 that where God writes on the tablets, all right? Exodus 20, we were just there. That's the 10 commandments. But in Exodus chapter 16, <clears throat> starting in verse 21, it says this. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as he needed. And when the sun grew hot, it melted away. This is talking about the manna Uh, that, that God provided. On the sixth day, though, listen, they gathered twice as much, two omers for each person, and the leaders of the community came and reported this Moses, uh, reported this to Moses. And he said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. So they saved it until morning as Moses commanded and it did not stink or get maggots in it. Be thankful that you got refrigerators. 
But listen to what it says in verse 25. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. And listen to what happens in verse 27. It's the people of Israel. God has provided manna. God just commanded them, don't work. And here's, here's the American church. Here's, here's the church answer. Listen to what happens in verse 27. Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather, and they found none. Isn't that our nature? God commands us to do something. We know the commandment. He says it. We're like, okay, got it. What are we going to do? Oh, repetition kicks in. I got to work. I'm going to go gather. I'm going to be the one who takes part in it. And listen, here's the thing. Rest is a gift from God. As a matter of fact, when I go back to this whole adage that no one outworks a grout in Ecclesiastes chapter nine, I've, I've used this over and over again. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. That's a beautiful section where I work. And when I work, I work hard. But I want us to also understand this, that when we rest, we rest well. Why? Because rest is a gift from God. I find it, I don't want to say necessarily ironic, but I want you to think about this. Chick-fil-A, God's chicken. <laughs> if you've never been to Chick-fil-A, oh my gosh, I don't know what. I, I worked there two years in high school and I could still eat that place every day, literally. I could eat Chick-fil-A chicken every day. And of course, they're lemonade. What? Except Sunday. Because they're closed. But do you ever find it ironic that Chick-fil-A comes under attack for standing on biblical principles? They've maintained the adage that they're going to be closed on Sunday, even in airports. Matter of fact, when Chick-fil-A started, I don't know if you know this, when Chick-fil-A started, they had the venture to get into all the malls. Do you know what one of the biggest problems with the mall officials was? you got to be open on Sunday. And Chick-fil-A said no. Chick-fil-A continues to be the number one, one of the top, it's the number one chicken fast food restaurant in the world. And it's one of the top five fast food restaurants and they're closed on Sunday. Imagine that. One of the busiest days in restaurant history. Think about it. If Chick-fil-A is open on Sunday, who's going to Chick-fil-A? All the Christians all the Baptists are like, hey, we might as well go eat Chick-fil-A. And Chick-fil-A says, nope, not going to do it. It is a gift from God. As a matter of fact, in Mark chapter 2, and what I referenced to you earlier, Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 23, it's literally what I told you with the Pharisees walking through. But I want you to listen to what Jesus says about the whole Sabbath idea, because I think this is important for us to understand. Oftentimes we look at the Sabbath and we think the Sabbath is all about or for God. Listen to what he says, starting in verse 23, all right? And, and I kind of gave you what's going on. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields and his disciples walked along. They began to pick some heads of grain. And the Pharisees, listen to this, the Pharisee said to him, look, why are you doing or why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus says, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God. And he ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Uh-oh. 
Pharisees are like, are you kidding me? Listen to what Jesus says though. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for who? Man. Not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a gift to man from God so that we could get the rest that is needed so that we can recover, recuperate, recharge, and be re-energized to take on the ministry that he's called us to do. You realize one of the reasons why I believe a lot of times our ministry fails is because we think we gotta work at it consistently and constantly instead of taking a rest. Matter of fact, one of the greatest problems in most pastors' lives is the fact that they don't rest. Matter of fact, if you follow my Facebook at all, recently I just posted a video of a pastor out in New York of a church of like 10,000 that has taken, a, I think, a two-month sabbatical. I can't remember, but it's, he's been in the ministry 15 years, never really rested much, and he talks about it in a sermon. Rest is something that we need, and it's a gift from God. So rest is commanded by God, number one. Number two, rest is a gift from God. Number three is this, that rest refreshes me in all areas. If you were to flip back to Exodus chapter 31, we begin to understand and see what takes place when this whole idea of Sabbath takes place. If you look in Exodus 31, starting in verse 12, it says, then the Lord said to Moses, say to the Israelite, you must observe. In other words, be obedient Observe my Sabbath. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come. So you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. Listen, here's what happens when we rest, when we focus on this Sabbath. This is what he says. It's gonna be a sign between me and you. Do you know what rest does? It recharges you. When I rest in the Lord, I spend time focusing on him. God, what is it you're calling me to? What are you asking me to do? Let me focus on your word. A matter of fact, I brought this up. A lot of times when we rest in our daily culture, it's like I'm gonna sit down, turn on the TV or what when I was growing up was called the boob tube. Now, don't get me wrong. Are you relaxing? Yeah. But guess what you got? Noise. Chaos. Matter of fact, I, I, I was talking earlier to where I tried, I, I literally try not to post much on social media anymore at all because I find myself bombarded with it. It's a constant thing. You know what the struggle is? You know the number one way to get people to your church? Seriously, in today's world, social media. You know where everybody's spending their money advertising now? Social media. Matter of fact, I just recently found out, if you're part of this, um, the Independence Examiner, you guys realize is going to be closing? It will no longer exist as of January 2020. I think January 20th, 2020 is their last day. Just found that out on Friday. Everything changes. But I want you to understand that rest, rest, rest refreshes me in all areas. Listen, the Sabbath is an opportunity to rest from the pressure of the world and, to con- and, and constantly accomplishing, earning, solving, spending, and doing. 
It's a day to enjoy. Listen, listen to this. It's a day to enjoy the fruit of your labor. Do you do that? Do you enjoy the day and the fruit of your labor that you've worked the previous six weeks? Or are you constantly just, oh, I, I just got to work, 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 work. See, the whole idea for God was that he enjoyed, he rested, he sat back and enjoyed the six days of which he created everything. And he gives us a day to rest and relax and enjoy the six days of the fruit of our labor. Rest leads to satisfaction. It leads to enjoyment and the realization of the gifts and blessings of God. So here's what I wanna encourage you when you rest is that you focus on the gifts and the blessings that God has given you. It's a day to look at our life, our work and the cross and say with great contentment, this is enough. That everything I have is enough. Tim Keller gives this quote, the purpose of Sabbath is not simple or is not simply to rejuvenate yourself in order to do more production, nor is it the pursuit of pleasure. The purpose of Sabbath is to enjoy your God, life in general, what you have accomplished in the world through his help and the freedom you have in the gospel, the freedom from slavery to any material object or human expectation. So rest refreshes me. And while I think about this, I oftentimes think about how often I was a part of something that I didn't rest a lot. For me, when I went to college and played baseball, it was seven days a week. There wasn't much rest. Lift, run, work, throw, do this, do that. You're constantly, constantly, constantly doing something to get better. Why? Because somebody else is doing the same thing. And I got to outwork them if I want to outperform them. Rest refreshes me in all areas. So listen to me. If you're emotionally exhausted, guess what you need? Rest. Spiritually exhausted, rest. Physically exhausted, rest. Mentally exhausted, guess what? Same answer, rest. Rest refreshes me. And here's one of the things that we can go back to when we, when we struggle with doubts and discouragement, when we struggle with mental anxiety and worry and things like that. A lot of times it's because I believe that one of the things we don't do well is to rest in what God has accomplished in us and through us. We look at what we don't have rather than what we have. And number four, why rest? Why should I rest? Number four is this, because rest rejuvenates me, listen, to be or to work more effectively. I talk about how it refreshes every area, but it also rejuvenates me to work more effectively. When I have rested, I come back ready, at least for me, I come back ready to take on the week. This is why we can go on vacation and come back and be ready to do something. Now, a lot of us, our vacations aren't filled with rest. But rest is something we have to practice. I have a spark of energy and enthusiasm that when I don't rest, turns into envy and necessity. And I wanna go back to this quote and I'm gonna wrap up with this. If we're doing the work God has called us to do, we should be ambitious for resting. Why? Because he commanded it, number one. Number two, because he gives it to us so that we can be rested, so that we can be rejuvenated or refreshed 
Listen again to this Shelly Miller. And again, like I said, I'm gonna buy this book. Maybe I'll pass it around and see what goes on. But listen to what she says. Rest provides fine tuning for hearing God's messages amidst the static of life. You remember when everything was going on with Elijah and Elijah went to God, he's complained to God, God, you just need to kill me. After having a successful bout with all the prophets of Baal and the asterisk, And Elijah's crying out, God, I think you just need to put me out of my misery and kill me. And he goes up to the mountainside. And a storm passes and all of the loud, chaotic things go by and God wasn't in any of those things. But what was God in? The quiet. The still, small voice in the whisper. And here's the question I have to ask. Do you and I need to learn to rest so that we can hear the still, small voice. Because I believe that that may be one of the biggest struggles that the Christian church in America faces today. Because we work, 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 work. And listen to me on this. I wanna be very clear. I believe wholeheartedly that it's not that we're working at church things, we're working at our life. We are bombarded and chasing everything else so that we can keep up with everybody else. And the reality is we're tired from that. And as a result, we're tired at church. And as a result, the church struggles. Why? Because we don't rest. Rest rejuvenates me to work more effectively. And I believe wholeheartedly that when we rest when we rest in what the Lord has blessed us with, when we rest in the encouragement that he gives, when we rest and take on even more what he wants us to do, then I believe that God accomplishes more in and through us. Sabbath isn't about resting perfectly, but it's about resting in the one who is perfect. So maybe today you need rest. What does rest look like? I I tried to write down some things that came to mind and I'll be honest with you, it almost gave me a heart attack. Resting in my world would be something like this, staying off my phone. Reconnecting with family and close friends without a phone, without technology, without a TV on, without having to sit down and watch a movie or go to a movie. Rest would be spending unhurried time in God's word. Spending some uninhibited time in prayer and meditation. Thinking about and thanking the Lord for everything that he's already blessed me with. It may be time outside in God's creation without a phone. It may be time inside away from all the craziness and the chaos, the hustle and bustle. It may be talking about work, but only in the context of how grateful we are for the gift of our work and what the Lord is accomplishing in and through the work that he's blessed us with. What does rest look like for you? And here's what I wanna do. We're gonna have the praise team come up and sing. We're gonna close with this song. We're gonna have the offering Uh, we're gonna take our offering here in a brief moment. But I want you to do this, and this is what I wanna focus on this week. 
we're going into a new year. And with New Year's, everybody sets these New Year's resolutions, right? But I want you to think about this. If I'm going to take the narrow road to grow, what does rest look like for me in my life? Where do I need to rest and what specifically do I need to do? Here's what I'm asking you to do. I want you to come up with five ways, five things that you need to put into your life or take out of your life, maybe better said, as far as priorities, five things. You're going to say, I'm going to try and focus on these so that I can spend some time resting in what God has called me to do. And here's what I want you to do. All right. Write it on a piece of paper, make it a priority list. If you're on social media, just share it with the church, the Church at Three Trails Facebook, share it. These are three, three to five things that God has laid on my heart that I need to focus on when I rest. And I'm not going to have the phone around. Maybe, just maybe, it may be something like this. I'm going to take a media fast. I'm going to give up all TV. I'm going to give up on video games. I'm going to give up on my phone other than to make phone calls. Listen, I know some of you are like, I can't give up my phone. I, gotta have, to, I have to use it for work. I understand that. So give up on the social media apps or whatever else it is that, that is distracting and spend some time in the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the fact that sometimes we just have to rest consistently. And God, I think about even with financial, how you can do more with 10% than we can do with 100. But I think about this, that you can do more when we rest one day and work six than if we work all seven. And so God, I pray that we would understand that we need rest. And the reason we need rest, number one, is because you commanded it. Number two is because you give it to us. And then from there, God, in the midst of honoring that and being obedient to it, would you rejuvenate us? Would you refresh us? So that mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, that we would be refreshed to accomplish and do even greater things. As I think of scripture, even greater things than these as Jesus said in John 14, because we've rested in who you are and what you have blessed us with so we can accomplish greater things only through you. Father, I pray just as we take this offering that you would be honored and glorified. God, I pray for the thousands of missionaries around the world who we are funding and supporting through our IMB offering, through the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, and I pray that you would expand the outreach and continue to influence people around the world with your truth. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.